Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Victor Mark Show. This is day two of our broadcast with David Zock, an advocate and a hero in my eyes and many others in the fight against human trafficking because he's used his gift of music. Some of you know him. He's in the rock band Remedy Drive, lead singer, songwriter. And he actually has a brand new song called Caravan Princess. And I want you to hear a little bit of it right now before we bring David in. David, welcome back to day two of our broadcast together, man. I appreciate you. It's good to be with you, Victor. <laughs> it's funny. I've I've spoken to two rock musicians in this last week. Uh, the other one was actually a visit with Ted Nugent. Wow. His wife, Shermaine, interviewed me. And then we're, we're talking, right? And she's all, she goes, do you hear that in the background <laughs> while we're on the uh, or show and I'm like not barely she goes it's Ted I told him not to practice she goes hang on a second <laughs> she literally gets up and she tells him and at the end of our interview he comes out and he's like Victor rah! and uh <laughs> he's a wild man but he was so articulate and intelligent regarding things that matter uh in hmm. our country and faith so Hey, if you didn't hear yesterday's show, you got to go back. Check it out on the podcast. I'm kind of taken back a little bit, cut off guard, because Dave and I have never met. We, you know, and I, I was thinking about how well versed you are with such wisdom, both practically and the heart of God regarding this issue of the marginalized, oppressed, those who are trafficked. And man, I thank God for your voice and your mind and your heart because uh, it's making a difference. So we talked about currently the issue at the border. It is a critical crisis right now. And we're, we're getting ready to head out and we'll be forward of this line and we'll be an observation post with a special government task force group that I'm I'm going to take video footage and I'm going to interview families and children just coming across. I want to hear their stories firsthand. We'll be yeah. the first Americans that they see when they cross over. And we have what's called lion and lambs. They're little stuffed animals. Yeah. They give trauma relief. There's music and there's prayers in them. So they press the little paw, they hold it. It instantly lowers their anxiety. We're bringing a thousand of them down. The oh, handout, right? And the prayers in Espanol. 
Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah. And we're, we're ordering like 30,000 more because we, we know the need, but do you come from a Hispanic background? I don't, I, I, uh, do work with the Exodus road in Latin America Okay. and my, I'm in this awkward spot with Spanish where I can fake it enough with like the hundred or 200 words that I know that people think I understand it. So they respond as if I'm understanding. Um, <laughs> they throttle you, right? You're like, Hey, they just throttle you at words. You're like, whoa, that's like me. I, I know a number of languages, how to greet people <laughs> and visit. And then they just go off and I'm like, Ooh, um, I, know, I know shukra. That's, I think that's all I know yeah, in, yeah. in Arabic. Oh yeah. Um, Yes. What do you think people should, who are listening or watching or not, what do, you, what do you think a good step for them to do is as far as being informed, hmm. uh, you know, not, not through propaganda, not through a false narrative, but really be informed about what's going on. It's hard right now. You know, people love to blame the media, right? <laughs> you are the media. Yeah, You know, I am the media. We are part of the media and, and more and more, all of us together are creating narratives and there has to be a way. And it's, it's hard. You've seen the social dilemma. It's hard to know what's true anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm thankful. Hopefully you, you can bring it. There, there's a way to bring these stories to life, specifically about the border. Right. Um, and to realize is as soon as you start listening to human beings one-on-one, -on -one, and that's why I wish more people could travel, that thing, you can see that spin that somebody has, that agenda that somebody has. Like people are making a living off of this controversy. That's why it's tweeted about so much, you know, and that's why all these talking heads, and I'm not talking about mainstream media only. I'm talking right. about all those guys and gals that make a living off of yeah, pundits just trying to make us scared of these children. <laughs> like right. it's it's good for business to keep us scared of of children from Mexico and Honduras and El Salvador. And um, so stop listening to them. Turn that off and just read or find find ways to hear about these stories. My my friend just did a beautiful documentary on several of these hot button issues. Like uh, he he did one in the hometown of Armada Arbery. And then he did another one on, on the border. He did one on the opioid crisis. And he just, he went down there and just told the story, one story in particular about a, a, a kid that's been here for 20 years. And he's been trying to get his paperwork in order for 20 years. And he can't. And he finally got, you know, a taillight out, which is going to send him back to, into a country that he has no idea. He's never lived there his whole life. Wow. And when you hear that story, that person's humanized. And another way to answer your question is stop letting those men dehumanize these kids in your mind and because if that's key and how do we do that and that was my whole point of my album Mago more that person is created in god's image including traffickers including you know fanatic terrorists. you know uh, yeah terrorists or um the, the the kind of people we mentioned we mentioned in in the previous episode that are driven by this fear of people of oh, yeah. of other skin colors and other cultures Hmm. Like even that person that's perpetuating this problem, that person is created in the image of love. And that's, that's been a struggle for me realizing that even with all those ideological differences, I can't let myself look at this person as anything other than a child of the King that's been, that's lost 
right. her his way somehow. Now, this may be controversial for some, but the the reality, because of the level of hatred and the nerve that's been forced, it creates, like, I'm not a fan of Black Lives Matter, the organization at all. There's hypocrisy, there's wasteful spending, the founders involved in the cult, factual things that I just, there are much better organizations out there doing the right thing, the hard thing, led by people of color, right? Solid. But what I've seen is the narrative, just like you said, there's money to be made. People in, let's say, the black community, they're creating racism toward white people. It's like the boomerang swinging where stop, just stop with the hate. That's why the best voices who are reasonable, who are filled with love, who can speak factual, not just based on emotion. Uh, passion is good. Today, you know, the, the headline, for those of you listening, you know, was the white female cop that shot this 20-year-old kid. And her, it was, a, from her perspective, it was, a, it was an accidental shooting. And she says, ah, I thought I had my taser. So, you know, you have many people wanting to make this a race issue. They're already lining up on my social media, just throwing the hate. And I go, she killed a young man. And until something otherwise is proved that it was deliberate, intentional, premeditated murder, then how can you even say it's racist? But this is what I posted. If you can't tell a gun from a taser, you shouldn't carry either. Hmm. And that's from someone who trains law enforcement, military. I've used both. And that's just an issue of training, qualification, and selection. And I'll tell you, David, it's not going to get better if people improperly defund police, which lowers the salary rate, the selection, the qualification, initial training, and ongoing. It's not going to get better. And accidents happen all the time, but to draw a weapon and shoot someone and think you were holding your taser. And I understand adrenal dump, stress, all of that. But this is what worries me. There are many people that are, there's always that element of bad policing. But then there's an element of unprofessionalism. Then there's an mm. element of just poor training. Good people want to do right things, but poor training. And we're going to lose we're going to lose young men and women who have a heart to make a difference if everybody demonizes law enforcement or border patrol or military. We need some of the most uh, I'll give you an example. We had some team members from a certain special operations team that I can't mention, but they were here and yesterday. Two of them were believers. Love the Lord. We spent time in prayer. And they realized that their job and what they're called to do is to stop the manifestation of evil. And that's that's where we have to, back to your point, stop dehumanizing people. Or ISIS has been one of the most pronounced evils of the last 20 years, bar, bar none. They're cutting people's heads off. 
I was put in positions to make decisions about certain ISIS fighters. And even God gave me the opportunity to pray with an ISIS fighter who was a commander for ISIS in Mosul, who had just been captured. I prayed Mm. for him. I found out about his family. That was my first question to him. I said, are you married? Yes. Tell me about your wife and children. He had all daughters. I asked him, why did you join ISIS? He told me, my brother did. Most people in my tribe went that way because they were Sunni. Got radicalized, and he's just kind of there by himself, felt the pressure, joined. And then he did some pretty heinous things. On, you know, once you're in, you're in. So I asked him, could I pray for him? You know, first for his family. He said, an ISIS fighter commander said, yes, please pray for my family. Because hmm. I said, you realize you're probably not going to be on earth much longer. And I said, your your wife's going to be a widow and your kid's orphaned by Iraqi standards. And he let me pray. I prayed right there. Then I asked him, David, can I pray for you? Hmm. He said, yeah. I said, do you know what's going to happen to you when you die? He goes, inshallah, whatever God's will. I said, do you mind if I share with you what I call my surety of salvation? He goes, please. I shared Christ. The prophet who I believe to be the son of God and died on the cross. This man started praying with me to receive Christ right there after midnight in Mosul. Mm. It was unbelievable. And then right at the end, when I said in Jesus name, he actually stopped. And the best I can describe it is evil came on him so heavily, his face contorted. And he was sitting in front of me with his legs crossed and hands behind his back. And he snapped the ties off. And I mean, it was evil. It was demonic. My dog was right next to him. Ah, I said, no, wait. Iraqi soldiers came over. My own personal bodyguard, my security. His name is Hassan. I love Hassan. He's, he's Muslim. Love him. He would die for me in a heartbeat. And they tied him back up again. The evil left. And I said, I said, hey. There's no way God brought me all the way around the world to be in Mosul right now, sharing the hope of Christ with you for no reason. I said, when you know you're going to die, you can always call out to Jesus. There was a man on the cross that did. And he actually said, thank you. Went away. Hassan goes, as a side note, kind of funny. Hassan goes, boss, I'm very sorry. I seen the evil come in his face and he snapped and he goes, I was going to shoot him in the face, but I wait because you were saying such nice things. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. I was like, Hassan, thank you for not shooting this guy in the face while I'm praying for him. That's mm. that quenches the spirit uh, right mm. there. So we have to stop dehumanizing people. I mean, I've looked at some of the most evil and I've seen people filled with evil. And I still love them, not the evil that was in them, but but them because they're made in the image of God. All those things you met, you just mentioned so many things, and but they're all related. I work with law enforcement. I work with military, both former military and current military, doing undercover work. And at the same time, when I watch Selma, my daughter's response to watching Selma is the same daughter that we talked about on yesterday's episode. She was crying, and she says, "Dad, let's let's make a sign oh. that says freedom for black people, and let's carry it around the neighborhood." Oh my gosh! And and that was her pure response. 
And we did make a sign last summer. And that sign that we put in our front yard led to a, a march, a neighborhood march with parents and children walking together, lamenting, as we all should, the state of things. And specifically, because of that sign, these black moms in my neighborhood were able to say, here's what we go through. Mm. When I, we won't let our son jog anymore in this neighborhood. Mm. And my next door neighbor literally moved in the day after my daughter put that sign up. I saw her son get pulled over a week later. And I saw her come out and put herself between the officer and her son and hand the license from her son to the officer, her black son. Because there's, I can't dismiss that fear from that woman right you know what oh, i mean no, that's real that's real i can't ever imagine being her shoes and and um you know you mentioned the organization and, and it's, it's such a weird time you know the organization itself is made up of, of fallen people and i could dismiss the civil rights movement of 2021 very easily we all could and and most people do in the same way that it, it'd be really easy to dismiss Christianity as a whole because of Christians, right? <laughs> you, it would be very easy to, like you talk about the beheadings with ISIS and, and people are always talking about the inhumane and awful and terrible monstrous things uh, that some of the drug traffickers and cartels do on our border. None of it's any worse than what Christians have done in the name of Jesus over the years. You know, and that radicalization, we're, we're just all so close to being radicalized, um, just like that uh, ISIS fighter was just like the guy, the Q shaman that stood and prayed a, a prayer for our country in that garb during that violent insurrection that cost several people their lives, you know, and all those people in Jesus shirts breaking through those barriers, mm -hmm. right? We're all just so close to being, and I need to re remember that could be me. That could have been me and my family. And that just changes everything. And I think that where dehumanization begins is this idea I could never be like that. That's there, you know. So when we use words like infestation or animal or dogs or any sort of that language, that is just conditioning all of us farther and farther into. And so I just will not. I have no tolerance for that type of language. This person is created in God's image. So are you for Black Lives Matter? I mean, what does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean anymore? Right. Have they done more good than harm? But, but, but also what, what do you mean by they Okay. and what do I mean by they? And that's why we have these conversations. There has to be a conversation. I am, of course, as are you, you know, we are, I'm for that statement. 100%. Right. I've never researched the organization. I don't know about, but at some point there's, there's movements in history that are bigger than individuals or organizations. And in the absence of a real legitimate conversation that's originated from the Christian community. Right. There's always going to be movements that pop up. Right. The church should have been leading at the front and saying, Hey, cause it's not about a few cops like this woman that sh shouldn't be carrying a gun and a taser. She shouldn't be, you know, she made it an uh, awful mistake and I feel awful for her. I feel terrible for, for Wright's family, for his son. But the conversation is about much bigger than um, law enforcement training. The, the conversation is about equality and justice, and that's nuanced. It's about education. It's about schools. You, more than anybody, sees the results of our broken, broken systems and the lack of social safety nets for people that are not well off, 
And all these solutions could be solved by us, you and I, who claim to follow in the way of Jesus Christ, instead of continuing to build buildings and sing songs right. and pray, let's do that. But taking action in those communities and leveraging our voice and our power and our influence on behalf of oppressed people, rather than saying, you're not oppressed, you're making it up. If we believed people, if we believed my neighbor, my next door neighbor, that she had this legitimate fear and had a conversation with her, I think things could start a little different. And, and Christians could, instead of being um, guilty of throwing so many stones on social media, Christians, what if, what if Christians were known by our love in, the, in that specific issue and taking the lead and taking the initiative on listening and hearing what, what this pain is? Now, I've got people listening right now that are going, who is this guy? I'm look sure. Up David Bach. He's he sounds like he's one. Of, he's leaning left. He sounds like a progressive Christian, and I don't think you are. I will say this: I researched Black Lives Matter. Our organization has an intelligence arm, right, where we have analysts, and we we have to find out horrible mission statement to dissolve. They really were out to dissolve the family and the black man. The three women that started this, uh, the co-founders, all—I mean, it's outright, nothing hidden. These aren't; these are true facts. Practicing witches, a form of witchcraft, and I remember this is what I said: This is such an incredible opportunity for change in our nation if the movement doesn't get hijacked. And I remember engaging, and I had black pastor friends say, Victor. Yeah, you could definitely make a difference, but they won't listen to you because of the color of your skin. And I said, all right, fair enough. But I said, Christians better be praying that evil doesn't take over this movement. And to me, that's what ended up happening. Can it change? Yes. Because right now there's fighting amongst that organization because one of the founders just bought two homes in Southern California in a predominantly white neighborhood and is spending millions. So what she says she believes and what she's doing are two different things. Hmm. But you flip the coin to the other side. Remember protests going on in the street? There was one that I posted where people were getting in front of a truck with a horse trailer. People started riding. Now, those listening, this is what I call kind of the extreme Christianized, radicalized far right or whatever you want to say. They were saying, if I was in that truck, I'd just run them over. I mean, thousands of comments of, I would just run. And I said, I had to come back on. I made the post and I said, did anybody actually watch? They were young people throwing water bottles at the guy's truck. Well, one threw a smoke grenade. I said, yeah, it didn't end up in the truck. It went over it. I said, the guy had a pistol on his dashboard. His family was in the car. He's driving a huge truck with a trailer, and he's just going slow. I said, he responded appropriately. He didn't react, and he wasn't going to run over anybody. And I remember asking people, have you ever killed anybody? Do you know what it's actually like? Have you seen people die in front of you in mass ways? You just think you just run over people? And what I tried to tell them, you're making decisions based on fear. Not, hmm. not solid reasoning, not the love of God. And I'm concerned about both ends, 
that the enemy will stir up and then people kind of in the middle going well this is extreme it goes back to that narrative and uh we have to speak the truth in love but we have to love i mean and i i've got a spiritual son from compton didn't have a dad exceptional athlete and actually smarter his intellect was better than his athletic skill and he played for several clubs very successful well known and when this thing hit he would text me he'd say papa easy what you're posting it's Hmm. inflammatory and i would go kev no it's just truth i'm concerned about and he would text me i love you but it's and kevin what am i saying he goes it's not what you're saying it's how you're saying so guess what i started pumping my brakes backing off it kind of got me a little bit because i'm you know god bless america and i started listening and i would encourage people out there be willing to listen don't be so afraid you can't listen to people's stories to understand what they're feeling it doesn't make them right doesn't make you wrong just listen communicate that we're real big on communication in our organization and ministry and i would say this for those who want solid factual information we offer a daily intelligence brief free they can go to victor marks with an x.com victormarks.com forward slash brief and get an email dropped into your you know daily get it while you can now because our teams are growing and so is the research Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time. 